Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Utah's source for exclusive access and insights behind the news. Here's the opinion page editor of the Deseret News, Boyd Matheson, on KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. Welcome, everyone, to Inside Sources here on KSL News Radio. Great to be with you today. I am Boyd Matheson, opinion editor at the Deseret News. And as always, and especially today, we've got a lot of ground to cover in the fast to 60 minutes of radio. We are going to try to help you slow things down today, divide the rage from the reason, elevate the conversation, connect the dots, and help you make the news make sense. And we're going to go right at it right now uh, on the floor of the House. This is a joint session of both the House and the Senate currently Vice President Pence is uh, giving instructions. He has called uh, Congress to order uh, to uh, count the electoral votes. Let's dip in live. And purports to be a return from the state that has annexed to it a certificate from an authority of that state purporting to appoint or ascertain electors. Mr. Blunt. Mr. Blunt. For what purpose does the gentleman from Virginia... So right now we have a few procedural things going on. Vice President Pence has called the joint session of Congress together to uh, count the electoral votes. Uh, There are currently a couple of points of order uh, being raised by some members of Congress. And uh, so they are addressing those uh, questions and concerns to the chair uh, to the uh, the vice president. And then, of course, Nancy Pelosi is also there uh, at the rostrum as the Speaker of the House. And uh, currently you have a uh, member who has asked the question uh, about uh, objections coming from the floor. Um, and uh, they're just trying to divvy that out just a little bit before they actually bring in the electoral votes and begin that process. Uh, so, again, we're just watching this all happen right now live uh, in the United States Capitol While this is taking place as a backdrop, uh, President Donald Trump has been speaking for over an hour now uh, on the mall in Washington, D.C. to a large crowd uh, talking about all kinds of uh, different things from the uh, election uh, to members of the Senate and the House uh, to what the country's about. He's talked about uh, Joe Biden, the president-elect. Uh, and a host of other things. Uh, he mentioned early on in his speech that he would lead uh, that group on a march towards the Capitol, uh, said where they would cheer on those uh, who would be courageous in the uh, vote count today. Uh, so we'll see if uh, he stops talking and actually does march towards the Capitol. Uh, stunning, uh, very interesting things happening there. Uh, so again, if you're just joining us, we are following along uh, currently The uh, session has begun. The vice president has called the joint session of Congress together. Let's dip back in. 
We're having some mic problems in the House of Representatives today. Uh, looks like Senator Blunt uh, will be the first, what they call the tellers, uh, of reading the actual ballots, uh, the electoral votes, as they have been cast by each of the states. Remember, the state selects their electors, uh, and they cast those ballots. And uh, they are just now uh, trying to get order back in the chamber. Again, you have all the members of the House and the Senate in the uh, House President, chamber today. Order in the chamber. Mr. President, the gentleman will continue. The certificate of the electoral vote of the state of Alabama seems to be regular in form and authentic, and it appears therefrom that Donald J. Trump of the state of Florida received nine votes for president, and Michael R. Pence of the state of Indiana received nine votes for vice president. Are there any objections to counting the certificate of vote of the state of Alabama that the teller has verified appears to be regular in form and authentic? Okay, so what we just heard was the state of Alabama presenting their electoral votes. Uh, Senator Blunt was what they called the teller. He read that, said that it was authentic, that uh, President Trump and Vice President Pence got the nine electoral votes from Alabama, uh, asked if there were any objections to that, and there were none. So those votes have been counted and tallied, and President Trump has nine electoral votes. Uh, now they are moving on to Alaska. The certificate of the electoral vote of the state of Alaska seems to be regular in form and authentic, and it appears therefrom that Donald J. Trump of the state of Florida received three votes for president, and Michael R. Pence of the state of Indiana received three votes for vice president. Are there any objections to counting the certificate of vote of the state of Alaska that the teller has verified? appears to be regular in form and authentic. Okay, so we've just completed the uh, votes for the state of Alaska. Of course, the first state that we're really keeping our eye on is Arizona, where uh, there are some uh, in the House and the Senate who Hearing are on. going to challenge this certificate uh, those certificates Arizona. for the state of Arizona. The, the coming now. The advise me is the only certificate of vote that the state purports to be a return from the state. And that has annexed to it a certificate from an authority of that state purporting to appoint or ascertain electors. They are bringing forward the electoral votes for the state of Arizona. Mr. We anticipate President, a challenge. The certificate of the electoral vote of the state of Arizona seems to be regular in form and authentic, and it appears therefrom that Joseph R. Biden, Jr. of the state of Delaware received 11 votes for president and Kamala D. Harris of the state of California received 11 votes for vice president. Okay, so we, uh, we just... Are there uh, any objections to counting the certificate of vote objections of the state of Arizona? Arizona. The teller is verified appears to be regular in form and authentic. Mr. Vice President, I, Paul Gosar from Arizona. For what purpose Sports, does the gentleman from Arizona rise? I rise up for myself and 60 of my colleagues to object to the uh, counting of the electoral ballots from Arizona. Uh, is the objection in writing and signed by a senator? Yes, it is. It is. Okay, so we've just had our first uh, con contested electoral ballot from Arizona. You had uh, the Congressman uh, Kosar from Arizona and Senator Ted Cruz from Texas are the two who have put in that uh, objection. 
uh, and rejection of that. Uh, so there is currently uh, just some noise happening in the gallery there. An objection there. presented in writing and signed by both a representative and a senator complies with the law. Chapter 1 of Title 3 of the United States Code. The clerk will report the objection. So now Senator Klobuchar will uh, read the objection to Arizona's vote. Again, this has been done by a House member from Arizona and uh, Senator Ted Cruz of Texas. Objection to counting the electoral votes of the state of Arizona. We, a member of the House of Representatives and a United States senator, object to the counting of the electoral votes of the state of Arizona on the ground that they were not under all of the known circumstances, regularly given. Are there further objections to the certificates from the state of Arizona? So the chair have- hears none. The two houses will withdraw from joint session. Each house will deliberate separately on the pending objection and report its decision back to the joint session. The Senate will now retire to its chamber. Okay, so that's uh, Vice President Mike Pence has just done his first uh, duty of the day, uh, and that is they have heard the objection right, to so the electoral votes the, uh, the first uh, from uh, Arizona. And again, so now both the, uh, the, the House and the Senate will separate. They'll go back to their respective chambers, and they will debate. They will debate the merits of the dispute and the uh, contested uh, electoral votes for the state of Arizona. Uh, they have up to three hours uh, to do this. I don't think it will take them that long, uh, but you will hear some speeches. We'll dip in and out of those. Uh, once both the House and the Senate have deliberated on the electoral votes from Arizona, uh, they will take a vote in their respective chambers. And my anticipation is that uh, the uh, contention against th- those will not prevail They will return to the House in joint session and the votes from Arizona will be counted and the roll call of the electoral votes will proceed uh, from there and they'll pick up alphabetically and just keep moving on. Uh, There are at least two other states that we know or anticipate will be contested as we go along. So we'll continue to watch that. Uh, But you've, you've really seen how this is all to go about today. Uh, The vice president is mostly in a presiding role. He has no real authority to do that. The members of the House and the Senate both have very simple instructions. There's seven words, seven words in the 12th Amendment to the Constitution say exactly what these members can do today. And those seven words are, and the votes shall then be counted. Uh, That's their job. Uh, they they cannot form exploratory committees. They cannot uh, put committees together to look at irregularities or uh, change votes or any of those things. They are there to count the votes. They can debate these disputed votes. It has happened before. Uh, back in 2005, Barbara Boxer from California uh, contested the electoral votes of the state of Ohio, uh, just as we saw here today. Uh, the two chambers broke. They debated it. They voted on it. And everyone agreed that uh, it was properly certified and done. Uh, and they moved on. Uh, and I anticipate that's what's going to happen with any of the contests that come up as uh, we continue through this today. We're going to go ahead and step aside real quick, take a commercial break. When we come back, we'll continue to keep our eye on what's happening in our nation's capital as the electoral votes are counted. We'll also uh, weigh in on what's happening down in Georgia and the Senate races there that will determine the balance of power in the United States Senate coming up next on KSL News Radio. 
It's the story of an American held in a dark Venezuelan prison. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. I'm Becky Bruce. I spent a year working on Hope in Darkness, which now has more than 2 million downloads. Find it on kslpodcast.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. Inside Sources. Welcome back, everyone, to Inside Sources here on KSL News Radio. Great to be with you today. I am Boyd Matheson, opinion editor to Deseret News. And if you're just joining us, uh, things are underway uh, in the United States Capitol. Uh, just about 20 minutes ago, a joint session of Congress presided over by the Vice President Mike Pence and Speaker of the House Nancy Pelosi. Uh, came together and began the process of counting, which is their duty, counting the electoral votes that have been certified and submitted by each of the states. Uh, The initial count uh, went with the, of course, Alabama and Alaska. Their electoral votes were presented and seemed to be authentic, and there were no objections from any members. So those electoral votes, all 12 of which, by the way, went to uh, President Donald Trump, uh, were tabulated and counted. Uh, then, of course, came the state of Arizona. And when the state of Arizona electoral votes were presented, uh, there was the ask if there were any objections, which came from the vice president, of course, and uh, two members. And you have to have a member of the House and a member of the Senate uh, both in writing submit that they have objections to those electoral votes and why. And so... Uh, uh, Congressman Kosar and uh, Senator Cruz uh, presented that uh, they said that not all of the votes uh, were regularly given. And so they were disputing that, some irregularities in the system. At that point, the vice president uh, immediately dismissed the two chambers uh, to, to go to, back into their respective groups, the House and the Senate, returning to the Senate chamber, where they now have three hours to debate. Uh, the merits of the claims uh, and the con- and the contested uh, electoral votes from the state of Arizona. Then those chambers, they can do it in five minutes. They can do it in three hours. They have three hours to do that. Uh, I don't think it will quite take that long. And uh, then they will vote in the respective chambers. They will come back. They will report that out. And uh, the votes from the state of Arizona will be counted. Uh, and uh, they will then proceed. Uh, And they will proceed with each of the states in the union in alphabetical order, uh, always asking if there is an objection. And if there is no objection, they're counted. If there is an objection, they will break back into their two respective bodies and debate it for up to three hours and vote. Uh, We anticipate there will be at least three states votes that will be contested. Uh, We've already seen Arizona. We anticipate that Georgia uh, will be uh, hotly contested. And then we also believe there will be both a House member and a senator uh, that will contest Pennsylvania. Uh, so those seem to be the three main ones that uh, that are coming up that we're going to keep our eye on. So currently, the the House is the House alone is back in session, uh, and they are beginning their debate uh, about why the electoral votes from the state of Arizona uh, should be rejected or accepted uh, based on the objection uh, that was entered in. Uh, So we'll continue to watch that. Uh, I'm sure this is going to be a portion uh, of the proceedings today that are going to include a lot of fiery speeches, a lot of partisan rhetoric, and very little that's going to help us uh, move the republic forward. Uh, 
But I would add, this is all okay, folks. This is part of the process. Uh, and that's a good thing. Uh, and this is totally okay. I mentioned just before the break, uh, this is not the first time there have been contested electoral votes. Uh, just back in 2005, 2005, Barbara Boxer, senator from Arizona, contested that there were irregularities in the vote for president uh, in the state of Ohio. And she lodged that. She had a, I forget who the member of Congress was who joined Senator Boxer in uh, contesting those votes from Ohio. And they broke into the two chambers. They debated it. They voted on it. Uh, The objections from Senator Boxer were voted down and dismissed. The votes from Ohio, the electoral votes were counted and tabulated and they went on. And I suspect that's what's going to happen today. Uh, meanwhile, outside the United States Capitol, uh, President Trump, who spoke for over an hour this morning, uh, about an hour and 10 minutes, uh, he spoke to a, a large group, uh, a rally uh, there in front of the United States Capitol. And uh, that has concluded. He has concluded uh, his speech. And now the, uh, the the ralliers, the protesters, whatever you'd like to call them today, uh, they are now marching towards the United States Capitol uh, and uh, so we'll continue to watch that. We uh, hope that will also be a peaceful process and that they can exercise their First Amendment rights, which are their rights, uh, and that things can proceed in, a, in an orderly manner there. Uh, and again, all of this, I just want to remind everyone, the Republic's in good shape. <laughs> We're just fine. Uh, and things are going forward. Uh, and that's what we have to continue to focus on. It is so easy uh, to get caught in the the red hot debate, uh, the divisive rhetoric from both sides of the political aisle. I don't care uh, where your persuasion is in terms of your political beliefs. Uh, there are great opportunities uh, to have conversations, elevated dialogue. We can do this, folks. We've done this for over 200 years. We have shown the world what peaceful transition of power happened. Uh, and my hope, I was talking with our good friend Lee Lonsberry from Live Mike uh, as we were getting ready for the show today. Uh, and, and just saying, you know what, where's this going to be in the, is this going to even be a footnote in history a hundred years from now? Will people really be saying, oh yeah, remember, remember in uh, 2021 when there was a rally and a protest and there was uh, disputes in the house and the Senate? Uh, my guess is probably not, probably not. Uh, there's a lot of other things that are, uh, that are going to happen along the way and we will prove again People have been betting against the American experiment from the beginning. Uh, Nobody expected it to go past Washington. They thought once uh, John Adams was in place, it was all over. When Thomas Jefferson won the next election, uh, everyone predicted around the world that there would be riots in the street, rebellion, and maybe even a new revolution, one report said. And it didn't. It didn't. Uh, because we can do this. We know how to do this. Our principles are strong. Our founding documents are secure. Uh, and the country will move on. Uh, and so we will watch. We will report. Uh, we will discuss the things that matter. And one of the things that I, I just want to hit quickly here, uh, today's an important day. Uh, today is a day that uh, Franklin D. Roosevelt gave a historic speech. He gave the Four Freedoms speech uh, which, of course, uh, the freedom of speech, the freedom to worship, the freedom from want, the freedom from fear. Uh, and uh, we're going to dive into those tomorrow a little bit because I want to give that proper treatment. There's some some really important lessons and messages. And I don't agree with everything that uh, FDR said in the Four Freedoms speech, to be sure. Uh, but he laid some important things out that I think are worth discussing. 
And the thing to me that we need to keep in mind is that they're worth discussing. And because they're worth discussing, they're worth debating. And because they're worth debating, they're worth disagreeing on. And because they're worth disagreeing on, it's okay. And we just have to keep moving it forward. What we don't need, what we don't need is what we saw uh, on cell phone videos last night uh, of someone accosting a United States senator in an airport. Uh, That's not elevating the dialogue. Uh, Going up and badgering someone is not noble, is not patriotic. We're better than that. Uh, And I have to tell you, uh, and we've shared this on a number of the programs today, that, you know, so many members of the Congress, they, they do travel alone, or they may have a staffer with them. They don't have security guards with them. There's no black suburban waiting for them at the other end. Uh, often they're sitting in the back of the plane, uh, even more often in a middle seat, because that's what the government pays for. Uh, and so they're they're doing this at their, at their own peril. Uh, and to have someone uh, do that kind of gotcha moment, you know, with a cell phone camera, that is not noble, my friends. I don't care how much you disagree with somebody. Uh, but I will tell you this. Here's my worry. As a chief of staff, some of the most inspiring conversations I ever had or ever witnessed were watching somebody from the state of Utah, maybe from a, a rural county, someone who'd never met their elected official in person before, and suddenly they're standing next to each other in line to board a plane. And those conversations, my friends, are magical. And they're important. I've seen it change opinions. I've seen it uh, be the beginning of legislation. I've seen it as the starting point for a compromise on a on a bill or an opportunity or an issue. And if our people, in the name of being patriotic, are going to get in the faces and accost our elected representatives, uh, those days are over. Uh, it's still an amazing thing in this country that we can actually have those conversations in an airport. Or at a drive-in with the people we elect. We cannot lose that. We must not lose that. Patriotism begins with civility and a better look at the better days ahead. We're going to step aside for a quick commercial break. When we come back, we'll go down to Georgia and look at the Senate races coming up next. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts.